I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. I I was a little amazed when I was doing my research on my next guest, and just looking back at, we're almost 500 episodes now, 500 shows, Dr. V is the first medical doctor, which is crazy, but we're going to talk about why, and I've had the PhDs, you know, we've had, I've interviewed... One of my favorites, Dr. Daniel Lieberman, uh, Dr. Michelle Olson, but these are PhDs. And so, like, in doing my research for this show and reading his amazing book, which we're going to talk about, I was like, wait a minute, is that possible? And it is. So, we're going to talk about why. Uh, let me read you his bio. Really, really um, exciting to have him on. Dr. Kian Vu, Dr. V, is one of the most sought-after anti-aging physicians in the country. At the VU uh, MD Longevity and Performance Clinic, Dr. VU regularly works with celebrities, top corporate execs, and high-functioning professionals to optimize their health performance and vitality. He is also a health media personality, appearing on national TV shows such as The Doctors and Access Hollywood, and helps to train the next generation of physicians as an assistant professor of health sciences at UCLA. As someone who has overcome two chronic diseases himself, Dr. Vu is a passion is passionate about empowering people to reclaim their health and live with fulfillment, abundance, and purpose. Kind of perfect for the show. Dr. V, thank you so much for taking the time. You're super busy, and this took like three times for us to get together, and that always tells me that it's going to be a great interview. Well, it is a pleasure (laughs) to be on. It's a pleasure to be the first MD on the show. So your book is called Thrive State, Your Blueprint for Optimal Health, Longevity, and Peak Performance. Incredible. Like, I love my job because I get to read these books and interview the best of the best and then bring those people to my audience and two things real quickly and then we're going to get into it it's so positive like from the start the first couple pages you and I have so many similarities we'll talk about as well but it's just it's positive and it's honest I mean you are so honest which I'd argue is rare in our industry as far as you know just putting it all out there so let's just start with your story like that's the perfect place to start your childhood story Oh, yeah, sure. Um, You know, people hear me with perfect English thinking that I was a American born uh, Asian kid, but I wasn't. I was actually born in post-war Vietnam. And when I was only a few months old, uh, my parents actually had to escape with me on a refugee boat. So I was on board this refugee boat filled with 2000 other refugees. I actually had dysentery and in fact, only the only infant to have survived. Um, we spent another three months in a Philippine refugee camp. Uh, and then we were sponsored to America by a Catholic church. And one would think a kid growing up, uh, having gone through that experience, would be so grateful to be in America and to be alive. But that wasn't the case. You know, when I grew up in school, I, I got I got bused to a more affluent area for school. And I remember constantly being teased for the holes in my hand-me-down clothes, or for the stinky food my mom sent me to school with. I got a lot of the, uh, go back to your home country, chinky. I got lots of that. And, you know, I just remember growing up really feeling like I wanted to be anyone else but myself. And so as a kid, as a teenager, you know, growing up, I just remember putting on a mask of what, what other people wanted to be, you know, a, a funny guy, a charismatic guy. Um, and I actually kind of wanted to do me- media and entertainment as a kid, 
But my do- my mother, she was like, we didn't travel around the world, you know, sacrifice our lives for you to become an entertainer. You're going to become a doctor, an MD, or a physician. Which one of those three do you want to choose? Um, and so I and you're like, mom, to- you're like, mom, we're in L.A., though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you put us in Hollywood. Yeah, we should have moved to Sheboygan and it would have been much easier. But go ahead. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I had this path and I just remember as a very early adult, even going to uh, medical school, that success was going to be something I, I just needed to, to chase because as, as long as I got this thing called success, that I would be finally worthy of, of love. Um, and, you know, that drove my life. And so I went into a very competitive medical school, uh, UCLA for residency, went to the National Institutes of Health, the Howard Hughes Medical Institute for training as well, got a very lucrative job um, as I left medical school. And a couple years in, you know, I found myself just pretty exhausted. I remember, you know, waking up every morning, looking at myself in the mirror and I was overweight. I was diabetic. I had high blood pressure. I was on prescription medications for all of those things. And I just looked and it just felt like, like a phony. Like here I am giving medical advice to my patients, but I'm a walking chronic disease statistic myself. And uh, that just wasn't a good look. And you talk about in the book, so you had that, you know, you were at that stage. And then, you know, a couple things happened. But what really jumps out in the book is the story of Ishmael. So tell um, tell that story. Yeah. So, you know, it was uh, probably about five, six years of being an attending physician. Uh, I had gotten my chronic disease diagnosis. And that one year... I remember it so vividly. I, I, I just, I just thought that life might as well have been over because I lost many close relationships then because I was frantically just trying to achieve success that I had no time for other people. I had an injury to my shoulder and it was operated on and I was told I might not be able to operate anymore. You know, all those years of training, everything for, for, you know, to do this profession and all of a sudden it might be taken away from me. And I just remember, oh, man, life might as well just be over. You know, I worked so hard for this one thing and it's about to be taken away. And I remember one day um, uh, rounding and I got the requisition to do a, a paracentesis, which is what, you know, the removal of fluid. Uh in a uh, 43-year-old terminal pancreatic cancer patient. You mentioned his name was Ishmael. And so I, when I looked at the requisition, I was walking over to his room thinking, okay, I better brace myself. I'm feeling pretty lousy you know, for myself, but I, I better put myself together because this guy's got to have it bad. And I approached his room and then I opened the door. And as I walked in, I was just swept away with this guy's positivity, his energy, and his big bright smile. He says, Dr. Fu, I can't wait for you to drain this fluid from my belly because it's getting in the way of sexy time. And he winks at me, if you know what I mean. And it just knocked me out of this, you know, lowish state that I was in. But I had to ask the guy, I was like, Ishmael, how are you so happy right now? He says, Doc, 
trust me, it didn't always used to be this way. I used to be angry and stressed out all the time. But after this, and he's referring to his cancer, he's pointing to his large belly. I realized that the only control I have is how I choose to show up. And I just choose to show up with love and positivity, man. That's it. And, th and that's a quote you have. You say, no matter life circumstances we find ourselves in, we always have a choice yeah. as to how we show up. I love that. And that is a the theme throughout your book, Choice. Uh, and so that kind of fueled, yes, your your change. You're saying, hey, I'm going to start, uh, start making some changes. Absolutely. Um, I was working, I think at the time, almost close to 16-hour days and hustling to to make more money so I can get the nicer house and the nicer things to the house. But, you know, internally, look, you know, I got everything I thought was successful, but I didn't feel happy. You know, I was living, I, I, did, I didn't feel like I was alive. And after that incident with Ishmael, I started to say, my goodness, you know, I made these choices that put me in this place here. Can I start making some new choices? And new choices started for, you know, for me was really simple. Let's just eat, sleep, and, and move better. Uh, I started to do that. I started to do personal development courses and, and, and expand my mind on new things. Started to study integrative medicine. Um, and what was so fascinating was when I started to work on these things and started to make some new choices, I started to feel different. I started to lose weight. I started to have more energy. All of a sudden, the diabetes disappeared in four to six months. I was like, wait a minute. The choices in my life and how I live my life can actually be my medicine. And then I did an extra fellowship in anti-aging um, and regenerative medicine. And I started to study um, and went really deep in a concept called epigenetics. Now, epigenetics tells us this. If epi means above and the genetics genes. And it tells us this. Now, what a cell becomes ultimately is half determined by the DNA. The DNA is like a playbook. It gives you all the plays in that playbook, but not every single play is, is played at one time. What controls how our DNA is played? Well, it is the stuff that's around our DNA. The choices that we make in the seven areas in the book that I talk about actually creates an energetic field that changes the biochemistry, and that actually speaks to our DNA. So I was given my DNA stress signals when I was that, you know, working, uh, attending, that's not sleeping, not eating well, not moving well, not, not connecting with people. I was giving it the message that there was a danger. There was a saber-toothed tiger. And that type of messages turns on these stress genes that in turn basically increases inflammation in our body, lowers our immune system, and those combination of factors actually lead to chronic symptoms and chronic disease. But when I started to make new changes, I've noticed a shift in my body, a shift in my state. And I was giving new signals to my DNA. And in turn, I was able to reverse all my conditions in a very short period of time. And as I got into the longevity medicine, I actually tested myself. I biologically aged backwards by how I was living my life. <laughs> it's so great. And and now you're we're getting to why you're the first doctor to be told. And listen, I have many friends, Dr. V, who are doctors, right? And I'll throw them under the bus when, and they'll throw me under the bus when, when you know, they should and we should. But 
you know, you have so many great lines in the in the beginning of the book. When you're talking about this, you say, you know, the best part was that I now had proof of the concept that our everyday choices and our core purpose in life are our best medicine. I think there's three things in there that your whole book is about, right? Uh, everyday choices, core purpose in life, and our own best medicine. And, you know, who better? I mean, my gosh, your resume, you know, from the education and your, we're, we're very similar and then we're constantly studying, love what we do, um, but, but you're living proof. <laughs> and your book is not like, here's the one way. You're like, here's all that I have learned. Here's all that I have done. And now figure it out for yourself. Yeah, it, it's a blueprint. It's yes. no, you know, you know, one step recipe. It's like, this is a framework that you can use. And the beautiful thing about it is, you don't have to make a hundred different changes. You know, pick the low-lying fruit for you, whatever those things are. And let's just go over those seven areas of life. It's sleep, nutrition, movement, our thoughts, our emotions, our social connections, and our sense of purpose. I basically lay out the scientific research in each one of these seven areas as to how it actually changes the biochemistry in our body that then speaks to our DNA. So how we live our life is medicine. If we look at the people in the blue zones, uh, there are basically five areas that Dan Boytner points out in his book, The Blue Zones, where people live the longest. Uh, Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, Italy. Italy. Uh, we've got Costa Rica. we got Loma Linda, California. And we also got Icaria, Greece. They didn't have access to any of this fancy stem cells, genetic testing, and things right. like that. It was just how they were living their life. And when I learned about those people, I said, hmm, could the way they'd be living impact biology in a in in you know right down to the the molecules in our body? And that's what I did as I, I just pulled out the research demonstrating that you know the ancient wisdom of living a blue zone lifestyle actually gives us medicine to not only reverse our disease, but it gives us medicine to become the best versions of ourselves, for us to perform at our best. And my, my listeners, Dr. V, are going to be like, they're talking about the blue zones again, because I talk about that all the time. And you've done all this amazing research, right? And in, in levels, two levels that... Um, I just love, you know, saving me so much time. Uh, you you go through the studies, the the blue zones, as you just talked about. And I'm just going to read another great quote you had. You said when you were talking about, you know, your personal health journey and what you saw in your patients, you say, but these symptoms, elevated blood pressure, abnormal cholesterol levels, out of range, blood sugars, insomnia or pain or are most assuredly not telling us that more medications are needed. Instead, they're direct messages from our bodies begging us to take back our power and to step into the fullness of who we really are as human beings. Oh, it's, wow. It's my own word. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, but no, absolutely. I mean, if, you know, if somebody who's listening right now, they got symptoms or not feeling very well, um, you know, consider that a gift from your body. Because there are, I'll tell you, you know, people like Ishmael, uh, his symptoms just came on really quickly and he only had a couple months to live. You know, the process that, that was brewing underneath was was too late to reverse, unfortunately. But, you know, if, if you have symptoms, like my symptoms were diabetes, couldn't sleep very well, I, I was losing hair, I was overweight. Those symptoms were, were, were signposts. They were like, hey, you know, 
if you're about to run off a cliff, for example, if, if you get if, you, if there was a sign that said cliff ahead 300 feet, it's a signal for you to stop and evaluate and not, right. and not keep going forward. And that's what your symptoms really are. And if you can look at that and not, you know, put yourself in a pity party that you've got some label, ask yourself, diagnose yourself, go through these seven things and, and ask yourself, am I living my life? What type of signals am I giving myself? You know, am I sleeping well, eating well, moving well? You know, where are my thoughts every day? Am I focused on what's good or am I focused on what's bad? Do I focus on what I have? Do I focus on, on what I don't have? What is your emotional home? You find yourself in, in anxiety, fear, worry, anger a lot. You know, do that self-evaluation. I guarantee most people, if you if you start to follow the steps and really audit your life in these seven areas um, and, and start to correct them, you you may not reverse your, con your condition completely. However, I can guarantee that whatever process you have, you will slow down the process and you will improve your symptoms. And, and that's what I have such a problem with, Dr. V, in so much of what's out there in the media. And I'm going to get to a specific quote shortly, but it's that they take they take hope away from people. You talked about epigenetics and things like that and, and back to control. Right. When when we're told or the people are told that it's all about your genetics, you can't you can't escape it. It's it's it, it, why try. Right. And you're, I love that message. And that's why I keep bringing up control and, and what you talk about. And you even talk about back when you were changing your lifestyle, as you just said, you say, but more than changing my routine, I changed my attitude. And as you and I both know, that's everything. Right. It starts with the mind because we know we need to move more and eat better. Right. But you need to believe you have control. And then, as you say, uh, and I agree, we need to start small and just start. Absolutely. Uh, it's really about the habits in these seven areas that I talk about. Uh, so health is a habit. Success is a habit. It's the things that we do over and over and over again. And there's a quote I love from Robin Sharma where he talks about how installing habits are really, you know, um, hard at first. It gets really messy in the middle, but it's beautiful at the end. And what I love about that is it, it, it gives us a, a sort of a roadmap as to what to expect. Yes, it's hard because to do something that you're not used to doing is going to require a little bit of energy because you're probably stuck thinking, feeling, and doing the same things over and over again. So you might not want to do the new thing. And then when you start doing it consistently, you might mess up. Like, for example, you're eating pretty well and all of a sudden you, you binge on something. Well, that's the messy part. It's going to happen. Uh, and if you know it's going to happen, you don't need to beat yourself up or quit because it, it did happen. Just get back, get right back on it. Um, and over time, you'll recognize that that you choosing, you making a new choice over old programming and doing things the old way again, you start to become this next version of you. Yeah, it's that all or nothing principle, right? And we've all, you were there, I was there where you're trying to eat better, you fall off the wagon maybe for breakfast, and then you go, oh, the whole day is shot, so now I'm going to eat garbage for the rest of the day. And what you realize, as you just said, is no, uh, I've even changed, uh, you know, I, I say words matter, Dr. V. I used to call it a cheat meal, and then I realized it's not cheating. 
I, I, I'm doing 80-20. Like, I'm going to enjoy my desserts. And the healthier we get, as you know and have experienced, uh, the less you want them and the less you have of them, but you enjoy them a little bit. But you start, the healthier you get, as I say, you know, you, you don't crave those foods. You know how great whole foods make you feel. Yes. Uh, but it's not a cheap meal, right? And as you said, stop the guilt. And, and small changes work, right? That's, that's what you're just not hearing in the media. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I eat ice cream. Um, right. uh, I don't eat it all the time, but when I eat it, I'm going to fully enjoy it. And if I if I have a bite and that ice cream just isn't really delectable, I don't I don't have to continue to finish that. But you know, I allow myself to enjoy. But it's important to just be aware of the choices that we're making because I would have to argue that what put us or what put people in a state of disease or chronic symptoms are that they're making choices, but it's really coming from a place of you know, unconscious, you know, it's probably bringing back some sort of emotional uh, attachment you have to, to eating certain foods and how it makes you feel. Or or when you're feeling stressed, you're, you're starting to reach out for uh, for certain things. Those are the un, the unconscious. So all I'm just saying is allow yourself. Pause. And make your choices conscious. And if you're able to make those conscious healthy choices on a consistent basis, health, longevity, and peak performance is in your future. Yeah, you say uh, it's okay to start small. In fact, I highly encourage it. Baby steps are the key to implementing a new behavior, and it's the consistent stacking of these tiny habits that will create the momentum that will fuel your success. You know, as humans, we try to, it's, it's like we're right at New Year's, right? People make, and we all have done this as well. We make, I'm going to eat better, all these vague goals and, you know, extreme. I'm going to change my habits. I'm going to change my exercise, my nutrition. You can't do it all at once, nor should you. Back when I was a trainer, Dr. V, like when people would say, we're going to change all these things, I said, no, you're not. <laughs> like we're starting with a couple, probably one. And as you say, we're going to stack those over time. That's self-efficacy. That's situational confidence, right? And when we try to do too much, it constantly erodes it. The fad diets, right? The extreme workouts. And you go, oh, I wasn't successful. No, you were successful. It just had an end date. And that you got out of it what you should have. But when you start small, you know, every step is a step forward. Doesn't matter how small it is. Absolutely. Um, I love uh, where you, you say, I have to say, you say I'm not a health guru. And what I love is, you know, as I said, have people like Dr. Daniel Lieberman and everyone else on the show. And the more uh, they should call themselves a health guru, the less they do. Right. So, you know, we've got the influencers out there that we have to battle with now and and all of that stuff. And. Um, if you're not, who is? And so I just want to put that out there. So like, again, your, your resume is, you know, second to none. And so I just have to say that. Um, and, and, you know, let's just talk about, um, you know, there was an interview I watched you do and the interview asked you like where you should start. And it, he threw out things like cryotherapy and things like that. Now I get it. And, you know, that's kind of fun. And there's all this recovery, uh, you know, products out there and stuff, but, Let's start with changing the attitude. Let's start with like the movement, right? And the strength training. And then we can start to stack on those things. Um, oh, absolutely. But we live in a time where I, we're trying to sell products, right? Definitely. Look, everything to start with is completely free. And I recommend people go there first. I, I, 
I don't suggest people spend a lot of money on biohacks and and, and other forms of like performance type of anti-aging things that, um, you, know, m- you know, some of my clients use because you're flushing all that stuff down the drain. If you don't change your habits first, you are, you know, basically, you know, what's happening in that, you know, if, if you were like a speedboat, right, and and you had a leak in the boat, that's what happens if you have these bad habits is, is a leak in the boat. So why spend money on a new engine on all these other fancy things when you've got the leak in the boat? You've got to fix the leak first. And that's really, you know, working on the simple habits uh, one at a time uh, until you get to feel pretty good. And then then when you want to optimize, then you could try, you know, uh, s- some of the more advanced things. Yeah. I, you know, uh, intermittent fasting, hugely popular now, obviously science behind it, but as I say, and I have, I'll throw one of my brothers under the bus here, Dr. V, which I enjoy doing, uh, you know, he's constantly trying the quick fixes. And I said, sure, you can intermittent fast. Of course, there's science behind it, but not if when you stop that period of time, you're going to the McDonald's, you got to get, start eating the healthy foods first. And then let's talk about fasting, right? But let's, let's focus on what you're doing rather than what you're not doing. Don't tell me the foods you're not eating. Tell me the foods you're eating. And then we can start talking about those uh, other things. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And you say this is so let's bring it all back. Now you talk about, you know, nutrition with doctors. And again, many friends who are doctors, uh, but that's not something you had to go. And as you said, you've, you've continued to study longevity and all these things, the gaps uh, that you had um, in just medical training. You say in the book, the truth is that nutrition is all but ignored as a subject in medical school, despite its importance. That's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. I mean, another big problem in medical school is the culture of medical school. Um, you know, I think the training process of medical school uh, doesn't teach these seven bioenergetic things. The culture is you don't sleep. You're going to be studying all the time. You're going to be, you know, doing, uh, you know, long hours of work. You know, they've recently re- reduced the residency training to 80 hours a week. And I know some programs <laughs> that, that, that are still, you know, pushing their residents further along. There's no access to healthy food in the places that you're working at either. Um, and so you're not given these tools. You're not giving, you know, really shown stru- They might give you a website and say, Oh, you know, this is how you do some yoga, but, but who has time to do that? Um, and so, you know, it's not only not giving, not teaching uh, people things, but not really having that environment. So unfortunately, a lot of my colleagues uh, end up having chronic disease. Uh, I had a few uh, colleagues, you know, drop dead of a heart attack um, two years ago. And so, it's something that unfortunately uh, it is happening and I'm hoping basically with uh, podcasts such as yours as well as the movement in the functional integrative and longevity space, doctors can understand that you know pills aren't the only answer and uh, to really you know look within themselves and recognize how they're living their life and realize that they might not, have been given the tools to be be healthy and to um, you know prioritize uh, learning that material so that you know they can serve at a bigger capacity. And I would argue we need more doctors like you. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is truly no, and it's it's truly why I haven't had one on because they're generally 
either throwing something out that I would argue is is just not not based in science to to sell books. Uh, and so, you know, that is what is so great and amazing and incredible about your book Thrive State is that you go into all of these things, all of the blue zone stuff, your seven, uh, you know, I love calling them pillars, uh, the elements, sleep, nutrition, movement, stress, mindset, relationships and community and purpose. Like you can control these things, as you said, from the get go. You know, I want my podcast, Dr. V, to be uh, something where people can take away something every day. You know, they, they can apply something every day. And that's your book. Not only can you apply one thing, you apply a hundred things. Uh, and again, that that are free. Um, and I love that you talk about Viktor Frankl. I mean, I think anyone who's where we are and have the philosophies we have, you know, read uh, something like that. And, you know, he says between stimulus and response, there's a space in that space is our power to choose our response in our response lies our growth and freedom. That is everything. Again, back to choice with those seven things we just talked about. Absolutely. That is a, a quote that I've turned into a process and strategy for the second edition of my book that's coming out April 11 of this year. And I talk about what, you know, people know what to do. What stops them from doing that, then, right? right? I mean, being healthy is not difficult, but what stops it? So I, I go in and, and I explain a little bit more in the second edition about the concept of the default mode network. Basically, all the way up until the age of 10, our brain is a sponge of information. So it's going to download stuff from our parents, from social media, from society, from teachers. And it downloads all these programs. And... And it's, it's used as a filter of, how, of where our beliefs are. Uh, it's used as our models of the world. But here's the thing. This is the autopilot survival mode of the brain. So it's also constantly looking for what can hurt us. All right. So fear lives here. Disempowering stories and limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of love. So this is the breaks that sometimes we're on. So a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I know I should be doing this. The thing that keeps them from doing that are these old beliefs that are trapped in this default mode network. So how do we still make choices past that? Well, I use that quote from Viktor Frankl, and I want people to remember the word impact. Impact, I am. Know your I am. Know who you want to be. Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be confident? Do you want to be generous? Do you want to be playful? What kind of body do you want? Have that vision of who you want to be. That's your I am. Then it's P-A-C-T, which stands for pause. Like Viktor Frankl says, create space. So every time you have that trigger, whether it be you're feeling lazy on the couch or, or you want to reach out for that piece of cake or your spouse triggers you, 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 you some anger in you, just pause. And how do you do that? You can go for a walk in nature, do a meditation session, or simply just take 10 deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. The A is awareness. Once you pause, whatever that thing is that's coming up for you, that trigger, it'll dissipate a little bit and have awareness. Okay, I was just triggered there. Where's that trigger coming from? Oh, is, is that that belief that I'm not worthy? Is it that, that uh, thing I reach for every time I get stressed? Have that awareness. And then you choose. At this point, you get to choose. If I reach for that cake, is that this old self? Who is your I am? What's that vision for your life? Does that healthy version of you want this cake? And so make a powerful choice. Whoever you want to be, you make a choice towards that person, that vision. Then you immediately take action, whatever that might be. 
Like, for example, I do this with my spouse a lot where, you know, she says something, I get triggered. I want, I want to fire back. <laughs> right. And then I take a breath. I pause. Right. And I choose, do, do I want to fight this person right now? No, I, I, I want to be understanding. I want to be loving. So my action might look something like, honey, look, I, I, I just reacted. That was like an old trigger that came up when you said that. And I'm sorry, I want to be loving and connected. And we start over. You can use this impact framework for every single choice that you make that comes into your day. And the more you choose towards your bold vision, your I am, over these old choices that you make, that's when you transform into the best version of you. So good. You, you had another line I pulled out that relates to that. You say, as one begins to master their health, they discover their own personal power in all areas of their lives. Yeah. Uh, and it goes to choice and power. And I love that you you just talk about that pause. And, you know, I used to stress clients out when I would say, listen, stress is a response. <laughs> it's a choice. Right. And obviously uh, it's it's a little more complicated than that, but it's a process. And I did a podcast, Dr. V, where I just a short fit tip type thing where I, I just said, you know, I live my life as if I have a chest heart rate strap on. And no one's raising my heart rate, right? I can, it's like a challenge, right? You cut me off in traffic. I'm smiling. I'm waving at you. Usually that annoys the person more. Uh, but like, you know, it's a choice and, and it's learned and coping strategies. Uh, but, but again, that is one overarching theme that I love in your book is that you talk about that personal power and choice and all of the ways, the seven um, different areas we can implement that. And when you do that, uh, incredible things happen. Before we go, I have to ask you something Recently in the news that, that, that would have raised my heart rate had I let it, but I said, you know, I'm going to ask Dr. V on his opinion on this. I know mine. Uh, updated American Academy of Pediatrics guidelines, uh, and I quote, obesity is not a lifestyle problem. It is not a lifestyle disease. It is predominantly, it predominantly emerges from biological factors. Obviously, there's biology involved, I'm going to say, but what's your just quick well, response well, to that. Well, one, I don't know that study, so I can't fully comment on, on, on the specifics sure. of it. Two, I want people to know that the news is, is meant to, to drive your stress state. The, the, the news is meant to <laughs> grab your attention. So I try to listen to as little of it as possible. And finally, just my personal belief is uh, we control our genetics. Obesity, I would say, is largely a lifestyle component that has very small uh, genetic components. And I believe anyone uh, who happens to be overweight, have inflammatory visceral fat, with a change in their lifestyle uh, will change basically that particular uh that particular uh, ailment. This is why I had you on the show because <laughs> we're we're so aligned. They, yeah, it, it wasn't even a study, Doctor V. This is this is their new gu uh, guidelines. First time in 15 years that the PDI and there's they're recommending surgery for kids as young as 12 and 13. Uh, we'll leave that for another time. I want to say thank you. Uh, such a pleasure. I'm reading your book a second time. So books like yours, I read through take some notes, you know, pull things out and then I go back and, and it's, it's just writing in the, in the uh, margins. Cause so good. So I cannot recommend it more highly thrive state. Uh, I'll send you the second yeah. edition. It, it comes out on April 11 this year, but I'll send you the second edition. You'll, you'll, you'll love it. I was going to ask. <laughs> so thank you. And we will have, I will have you back uh, because it, it's your, you're helping people, you know, and, and we have the greatest job in the world, right? I always say a little different, but not really, right? Helping people not only live longer, but it's the quality of those years, Dr. V, that I'm sure you would agree to. Uh, medicine is incredible. And, you know, we've talked about the medicine, you know, uh, giving people 
you know, different treatments and things like that. Of course, we need to do that, but we also need to control what we can. Um, I want to leave people with great uh, kind of closing paragraph from your book. It says, and I quote you, my intention was and still is for this book to be a blueprint by which readers can gain inspiration, self-discovery, and guidance for improving health and well-being. I created it to be an overview of the many areas of health, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, so to maximize the various energies surrounding us. That's pretty great. So, Dr. V, thank you. Uh, you said you're going away for a little time to work on a project. Uh, good luck with that. And I can't wait to read your book and have you back on if you'd come back on. Looking forward to it. Thanks again, Tom. Dr. V, have a great day. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, that was the incredible Dr. V. Uh, cannot recommend his book more highly, as I said. You know, this is this is when I get excited. And it's a Friday, so I'm always a little happier on a Friday. Not that <laughs> my week is the same. There's no real weekend uh, when you work for yourself. You have your own uh, thing going. But, yeah, this is where I get worked up in a good way, by the way. You know, I said I live my life with that heart rate monitor on. I do. I, I'm not perfect. And you've heard me if you've listened to past podcasts, get worked up about things. But it, it's it's really telling that Dr. V is the first doctor I've had on, medical doctor. Uh, and I don't want to go down that road, but like he touched on it in such a, it's a term I'm looking for diplomatic way you know it's his profession and he's got you know many more friends in it than I do uh nothing's perfect but we just have to be careful information is so important and that's why I will only bring you information that I 100% believe is something that will help you and that is not not based in science that is not pushing a product just to push a product uh and and I've left a lot of money <laughs> on the table in this industry because I won't do that. Oh, I hope my wife didn't hear that because, you know, but she she's with me, by the way. Um, so very excited to uh, read his next book. But in the meantime, grab Thrive State, your blueprint for optimal health, longevity and peak performance. We could have done, as I say, always uh, with these guests, five hours done the Joe Rogan type podcast. There's so much great stuff in there. But I wanted to start with his seven uh, bioenergetic elements, the pillars, uh, so much great stuff in there about happiness, eudaimonic happiness. He touched on epigenetics, but it's truly like this word is thrown out. I'm going to end it here. Holistic. It's thrown out all the time. Holistic approach. You know what? This book is a holistic approach. He touches on everything that is out there, and I love that he brought up the Blue Zones, and I love that, you know, those of you who have listened to my prior podcast know how much of a fan I am of that whole study and book series and research because they studied people who live really long and really happy and really healthy lives, and they said, what do they have in common? And you know what they broke them down to? Seven bioenergetic elements. Sleep, nutrition, movement, stress, mindset, relationships and community, and purpose. And the specifics that those regions have in those seven areas. All right? The fact in the book, he says, I'm not a health guru. If he's not, who is? But the people who know the most know that they don't know everything. 
constantly studying, constantly looking for the answers. And so many of them, based on what we know now, are in that book. All right. Uh, that's enough. Thank you again to Dr. V. Such a pleasure. It took like three times. We both kept having to reschedule. And what I have learned in life, and this goes for everything, people, <laughs> anything worth doing uh, usually takes time. <laughs> that goes for losing weight, uh, building muscle, all that stuff, and having great interviews. Uh, we're busy. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I knew that when I finally had him on, it was going to be great. And I hope you enjoyed it. All right. Tom H. Fit. Instagram. Tom H. Fit is Twitter. Uh, reach out with questions, comments. Uh, and listen, if you have a book or, you know, a person that I have not interviewed you think is great, let me know. Let me know. Um, nothing better than uh, having to read a great book that helps better my life and better yours. All right. Uh, teamholland.com or fitnessdisrupted.com. You go to my websites and email me through there if you are so inclined. Uh, and remember, as he said in his book over and over and over again, the theme of control. Wonder where we've heard that before, right? Control. Let's control what we can. And what we can control are three things. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind. And that is awesome. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. And I want to leave you, as I do now, with Jack Lane. All right? I hope that each and every one of you wonderful people that are listening to Tom's great show will do something for the most important person on this earth, you. 